sadness from wherever you've been. Come broken hearted, let rescue begin. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your gentlemen welcome to rise up here on lfa tv so excited to have you guys here this morning that was come as you are by crowder great song very very emotional passionate song come as you are we all know that uh, jesus definitely tells us to come as we are he does not call the qualified he calls the unqualified come as you are so that you can be healed, purified, and um, completely open to receive the Holy Spirit as you are. Because only when you come as you are, in truth, will you be able to accept Jesus, accept the Holy Spirit, and then become something different. Not transforming, not transgender, but your soul will be transformed. It will be made anew. But it won't be made anew unless you absolutely, 100% definitively come as you are. Don't come as a fake person. 
Don't come as what you're trying to get the world to think that you are. If you've got a little bit of a belly, don't suck in your gut. Don't try to lie. Don't come as a liar. Don't come as a deceiver. Come as you are, the real you, who the world has made you, who the world has formed out of its own version of clay so that you can be transformed in what God created you to be. You have to come as you are. And that's a great message. That song is by Crowder. Not Louder with Crowder, but Crowder, C-R-O-W-D-E-R, Come As You Are. Great song. Great, great song. I've also titled today's show, Con Equals With and Science Equals Knowledge. We are with knowledge because we have a conscience. Con means with, science means knowledge. And all of us are born with it. You are truly and 100% born with knowledge because you are born with a conscience. Con meaning with from the old Greek translation, science meaning knowledge. So we're going to break that down today. We're going to talk about that today. Now, I was looking for a video that I really, really wanted to share with you guys uh, today. Something that I saw, and it was a testimony of an Orthodox Jew who literally became a Christian because he saw the face of Christ. Now, I don't know if you remember when I had David Brody... Uh, formerly of RAV, but with uh, Christian Broadcast Network. Um, I don't know if you remember my interview with him, but he said that you know he was a, he was he was raised Jewish and he became a Christian as he uh, as he became an adult. And he said that he calls himself a completed Jew. And I thought that was a a very interesting statement to make. He's a completed Jew. Now, if he were to say that, which I know he has, to other Jews, to other people in the Jewish community, um, they would probably call that blasphemy. They would probably shun him for saying that he was a completed Jew, and by default, because they don't believe in Christ, he doesn't even have to say it, but by default, if he's a completed Jew, then they are not. And I can imagine... The, uh, the looks, maybe even the hate that he got for saying what he said. But he truly feels that he is a completed Jew, just like Jesus was. Jesus was Jewish. Jesus practiced the Jewish traditions. But Jesus was not subject to the Jewish law. He was subject by the law of God. And he became a completed Jew. So I think that was a very fitting statement for David Brody to not only make here on Rise Up. We've only had three guests here on Rise Up. We've only had three. We've had David Brody. We've had my pastor of my church. And we've had Cassandra Watkins. Those are the three that we've had. And a lot of people ask me, why don't you have more guests When are you going to get people like Ray Comfort? When are you going to get people like, uh, you know, uh, Ken Ham? And when are you going to start posting short clips of your Rise Up? And I think I've touched on this before, but I must uh, touch on it again. Rise Up is something different to me. And I can't really give you an answer as to why I don't have more guests, when I'm going to have more guests, or when I'm going to start promoting Rise Up the way I promote LFA. I don't have a reason for that. I really don't. I don't have an answer for that. What I do know is this. This show to me is probably the most special thing in my life. Because this is my personal journey with Jesus. This is more important to me than even my immediate family. So not the podcast in itself is more important to me, 
But the journey with Jesus that I am opening up publicly in this podcast is more important to me than anything in life. So people would say, well, if you're spreading the gospel and not gossip, if you're out there spreading the gospel and spreading the word and the good news, why wouldn't you want to share that with everybody? Don't you tell us to share? Don't you tell us to share to our family and friends? I do. But I also share the show myself to my family and friends. I share it to Twitter. I share it to, not Facebook, Getter, True Social, Instagram, whatever. And the reason I do that is so that people can come in and they cannot take out of context what I'm saying. I want them to be fully invested in God in this show. And I don't really have a need or a desire right now to share this out in a short clip version or a short clip form of the show. Now, again, I'm not wrong or right in saying that I'm not ready to do that. I just know that I don't feel ready to do that. And when God wants me to do that, I'm sure he'll tell me to do that. So that's just answering that question. Now, let's go to the Lord in prayer. We have a thousand people in here. We're 12 minutes past the hour. We have a great group of God-fearing, God-loving people in here whom have already all liked the video, right? Because now we have a thousand people in here. We have a thousand likes, right? Oh, no, we only have 290 likes. My bad. But anyway, let's go to the Lord in prayer now. Lord God in heaven, Lord, you gave us this opportunity and you gave this show to us, which is why I dedicate this show to you, which is why I dedicate every second of the show to you, whether it be through testimony or whether it be through personal experience, it is all dedicated to you and all glory goes back to you. Lord, we thank you for our sponsors that you brought to this show so that we could raise enough money to pass it along to a Christian school where Christian schools are in such need. We thank you for that as well. We thank you for our donors, even though they're struggling as well, that they are tithing to your cause for this show, Lord. But more importantly, Lord, we thank you for truth. We thank you for the good news. I want to call this God's podcast because I feel this is truly your podcast. And I lean on you and the Holy Spirit to be a good ambassador for you in the Bible and for Jesus' teachings. So, Lord, please accept this show and this podcast as a dedication to everything that you've given to us. This is truly God's podcast. We ask that you bring healing and restoration to the families in Tennessee and to the families that are affected directly of this terrorist attack. And, Lord, we pray for those children out there who have been lied to, brainwashed, deceived, and indoctrinated into thinking anything other than what you gave them at birth. They are born with knowledge. And as they do understand the difference between right and wrong in a spiritual facet, we also need to teach them the right and wrongs of this earth. And Lord, we pray for that kind of wisdom to be passed down to the trans community and the entire community that identifies themselves by their sexual preference. We pray for all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mustache says, Jeremy, you're doing great and learning to follow the leading of God's spirit. Well, thank you very much for that. That is right, Jeremy. God will lead in his time. Do what he wants you to do. And that's the only way that I, it's, it's, how, I, it's how I live my life every day now. But it definitely is how I, uh, how I treat this, this show. Because this is more than live from America. This is better and more important than unafraid, ungoverned, lie from America, wrong think, moody, um, loud majority, all of it. None of that holds a candle to the importance of this show and this podcast, which is why I call it God's Podcast. If you've not liked the video yet, it's very simple. It's the little thumbs up right down there below where I'm pointing. Make sure that it's green. If you think you've already clicked it and it's not green, just refresh the video real quick. And make sure that it's there. And if, you, if it is green, refresh it anyway to make sure it's there. Because sometimes, I don't know why, maybe it's the, uh, the code, uh, problem in the code, but your likes go away. So just everybody refresh and make sure that your like is there and also share the video. Let's get into one minute prayer for dads. And then we're going to get into a testimony from an Orthodox Jewish man. 
who found Christ when not and was not looking for him. Oh, wretched man, thank you. Says this show is for me. Today I need this. I need it too, my friend. Ann says, I followed David Brody for years from CBN. Yes, I remember your interview. Praise the Lord always. And Ash19STI says, starting our day out with God, nothing better. I tend to agree. All right, here we go. We're going to read from page 80 of One Minute Prayer for Dads. And this actually goes right along with, uh, with the title of the show. Con means with, science means knowledge. You're born with knowledge. Let's get to this. John 14, 31, and it's titled Obedience. Page 80. I do as the Father has commanded me, so that the world may know that I love the Father. I want to stop right there, because just the title alone has got me thinking. I do as the Lord has commanded me, so that the world knows that I love my Father. I do as not the world commanded me, excuse me, I do as God commanded me, the Father. I didn't mean to say world. I do as the Father commanded me. Why is it important that the world knows that you are a follower of Christ and that you are spreading God's message? Why is it important for the world to know that? Because we live in a world where we say, Hey, keep your desires and, the, and your sexual talk and preference and all that in the bedroom. Keep your business your business. The less I know about other people's business, the better. So why in this case does it say so the world will know that you are keeping his commandments and that you are a child of God? Well, I'll tell you why. Somebody's watching me in Portugal. That's amazing. That's amazing. Watching you in Lisbon, Portugal airport. That's amazing. Well, it's important because the only way to eradicate darkness is with light. And when you have a world of darkness, and I told you that yesterday, scripture said that the devil literally owns this world and it's in complete darkness, okay? If you have a world of darkness, let alone a room of darkness, and I am a flickering candle of light, I might be able to light up my immediate surroundings, right? But I cannot light up the world. Christ can. I personally cannot. But I can can light up my surroundings. So if I am publicly out there, and because I have a digital platform where I am bigger than most people, my light is shining a little bit brighter. My light is shining throughout the United States right now. My light is shining in Portugal at an airport right now. This is why God and Jesus commanded us to spread the gospel to all corners of the world. Because through technology that God has given us in this podcast, which I call God's podcast, I am able to have my tiny little candle flickering of a light shine throughout the world. So imagine if a million of us were were courageous enough to do this online. Imagine if a million of us got on our Facebook pages today and had their own version of Rise Up. How about Amber Wolf has her own podcast called Rise Up with Amber. And Marky has his own. It says, Marky, Rise Up with Marky. Rise Up with Miranda. Rise Up with Lord Fishy. Rise Up with Mustache. Rise Up with Miss Mocha Powered. Rise Up with Amanda Collins. Rise Up with Rosa. Rise Up with Shelly Rose. Rise Up with um, Bad Moon. Imagine that. Now, I'm not saying you need to invest in all of this, but if you have a cell phone or a computer, you can do this. You know how James O'Keefe is encouraging and trying to uh, inspire people to be citizen journalists? Well, I'm trying to encourage you and to inspire you to be something far more important than a citizen, uh, citizen journalist. I'm trying to inspire and encourage you to be soldiers in the armor army of God. And to be a soldier in the army of God, you must profess publicly just like a baptism, that you are a child of God. You have a phone. I know it's scary. You have a phone. You have a computer. I know it's not the greatest thing in the world for you to say, I need to go online. Some people have, uh, are shy. Some people have stage fright. Some people just don't know what to say. That's okay. I don't know what to say when I'm going to come on the show every day of my life. <laughs> I have no idea where this is going to take me. 
I don't know. But I lean on the Holy Spirit and I let the Holy Spirit speak. I didn't know I was going to say this to you that I just said in this last two minutes. I'm not speaking. I'm merely as much of a meat puppet as Joe Biden is. But my puppeteer is God, not globalist scumbags. Rise up with Sherry. A proverb a day keeps the enemy away. Imagine this. Imagine if we became rise up with everybody. And I don't care if it's 12 o'clock in the afternoon or 1 a.m. And, 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 and everybody's sleeping. And that's when you feel like you have to do it. Phantom says, anybody ride a motorcycle or is it just me? I do. I do. I actually sold my motorcycle uh, about four, three years ago, four years ago. And I bought one of those uh, Can-Am Rikers, which is like a spider. Two wheels in the front, one in the back. So I ride all summer long. You want to ride? Come up to New England. I'll ride with you. But anyway, guys, like I just said, you, you never know who is listening. You never know who's watching you. Never, ever, ever, ever. So let God, let the Holy Spirit speak through you. Get online today. Spread the gospel. Be the light in the darkness, which is Facebook for crying out loud. You don't have to do it long. You don't have to do an hour show like I do. But you could do five minutes. You could do a verse and then do a prayer and bounce. Let's light up the world. Let's light up the world. I don't know why I went off on that, but... The Holy Spirit wanted you to know it. So there you go. If we are to see obedient children, and I'm speaking to the trans community as well. If we are to see obedient children, we men must learn to be obedient to God. They're only going to Soak in everything that they see you doing as a dad. They're only going to soak it in. Oh, I love that, Halloween. That's great. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine. I'm going to let it shine. Amen. Amen. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. I forgot all about that. I forgot all about that. What a great memory. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Hey, little lights, are you going let to let it shine? We're all just little lights. I'm a little light. Miranda Dolan is a little light. Terry Sue and Halloween, you're just little lights. Heather and Kristen Donovan and your little boys, you're just little lights. Are you going to shine? Are you going to let it shine? God wants you to. I was not chosen to do Rise Up five days a week for you guys just to have another show to watch. God chose Rise up to be the catalyst of a Jesus revolution using the LFA family little lights. And now you're all going to go let it shine. And I can't wait. And if you do, put it in the LFA family page on Facebook or on Getter. If you don't belong to either one of them, you should. You should. This little light of mine. Incredible. Patty Patriot is in in Massachusetts, and I'm a small light. You are, and I'm a small light too. But with God's grace and unification, we can be one big light, can't we? God, now that I'm a dad, I understand more about being about obedience than I did when I was a son. I remember how hard it was to obey when I wanted my own way in a matter. Now I see my kids struggling to obey at times. And yet Jesus obeyed so the world would know that he loved The Father. Jesus obeyed so that the world would know that he loved the Father. So we have to do what he did. That's what obedience to a parent is like. 
showing your love through doing the very things that a loving father has commanded. Lord, it's not too late for me to show my love by being obedient. Help me impress on my children why obedience is so important, even when it goes against our own desires. I have a story for you that just popped into my head. I, I, I know some of you don't like when I tell stories, and some of you do, but this is my journey with Jesus, so you're going to listen either way, <laughs> if, you're, if you're here anyway. Uh, look, ladies and gentlemen, everybody knows that the father is the head of the household, right? But we live in a world where most fathers have been dumbed down to be just the moneymaker or not even that, just the guy in a home and the mom's in charge on TV and everything. But I've been telling you that my wife and I have been trying to live by the order in which God created us to live by. Head of household, man, woman, child, pets, right? And my wife and I have been literally trying to live by this rule. Now, every, oh, somebody said, I just ordered my Rise Up coffee. That's amazing. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, not only can you order the dark roast Sumatra, but the American pecan is back this week, and so is a decaf version of the American pecan. So thank you. Now, in my home, even though I am the head of household, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy, right? If mama ain't happy, nobody's happy. Mama bear, please mom before anything else. Even when my kids come and ask me for something, I was always, I would always say this. What did your mother say? Have you asked your mother? Yet I've always referred to my wife's judgment in the home over mine. Now, there's a lot of reasons I've done that. Number one, she runs that household like a well-oiled machine and I do not. Okay? She runs that home like a well-oiled machine every day, all day, and I'm here. That's one reason. The second reason, when my children need to go to the dentist, the doctor, clothes shopping, school shopping, whatever it is, my wife is the one that handles it. So I always refer to my wife's judgment. Ladies and gentlemen, how wrong was that? How wrong was that? Now, you can still hold your wife in that same regard, but you are, as a man, the head of household. Final decisions are to be made, are to come to you, are to flow up to you when it affects the household. But in a real relationship, the mother and the father, the wife and the husband are one, right? So nobody is outranking somebody else. But that is what everybody who doesn't understand Christianity thinks. That is why women that are not Christians will say, I'm not going to be second to anybody. I'm not going to be subservient to anybody. But they don't understand what that means. Their, their uh, lack of understanding um, does not allow them to understand what being subservient really means, what being the head of household really means. They think it's like the army. The guy is in charge no matter what. The wife is second, period. But that's not the way it is. Because when you come, become one flesh, the wife respects the husband and puts him up on a pedestal, and the husband respects the wife and puts her up on a pedestal, and your decisions are made as one. However, the final statement should come from the father. Now, I want to tell you a story of what happened Sunday. Jay gives me 15 says, I would love to meet a real Christian man right here, right here. Jeremy, you are wise. A lot of men take what a woman does as unimportant. Oh, let me tell you this. Not me, not me. I know that my wife is, is, I, I could never do what she does. I could tell you that I, I could never do what she was and shame on any woman out there who uh, talks down at a mother who decides to be a stay at home mom. Oh, she's just giving up her life so the man can have his life. Or she's giving up her dreams. Uh, what if her dream is to be a mom? What if her dream is to be a wife and mother? Which is the hardest job on planet Earth by far. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. So my wife, on Sunday, the kids didn't want to go, a couple of the kids didn't want to go to church. And my wife really didn't even feel like going to church. She was very tired, exhausted. She had maybe a little bit of a sickness going on. 
But I said, we're going to church this morning. Everybody get your stuff. We're going to church. We're not skipping church this morning. Because sometimes we do. Sometimes we do. We don't go to church every Sunday. Sometimes we miss. But what happens when you miss is that you get inclined to miss again. You go, I didn't go last week, but it's okay. I'll not go this week. I'll go the week after, right? And then what happens is you don't go so long that you fear that the church congregation is going to judge you when you do come back. Everybody knows what that feeling is like, right? Everybody knows what that feeling is like. I don't want to go back because I don't want somebody to say, where have you been? And I feel guilty. But if you go to a real church, a good church, a Bible-based church that doesn't judge, then you don't have to worry about that, number one, in which we go to a church like that. So, But anyway, my wife said this, and we've been trying to do this. We literally have been trying to live biblically. My wife said this. Kids, get your stuff on. Your father says we're going to church. And if your father says we're going to church, then we're going to church. Now, that is the first time my wife has ever said that in her entire life. That is the first time my wife has ever overrode herself and her own desires because, hey, she runs the home. What she says goes, right? That is the first time that my wife literally gave me that role and said, everybody get dressed. I'm going to go get dressed too. Your father says we're going to church. If your father says we're going to church, we're going to church. Do you know what she did there? She, by example, showed the children that I was the head of household. Even though she did not want to go to church that day, she ended up happy that we did go like it always is, right? But she referred to my judgment in front of the children. And we want to start doing that more. Now, did I override my wife? Did I say, nope, too bad. I don't care if she wants to go. We're going anyway, kids. And, and, and Sabrina, get your stuff on. We're going anyway. No. No. That's not the case here. The case is my wife respects me enough to show the children that she is referring to the judgment of the head of household. To me, that was mind-blowingly awesome mind-blowingly awesome and yes I have we have been ever since I said it a month ago giving each other the time first then the kids second not putting our kids first that is a mistake if any of you out there have been putting your kids first over your spouse no wonder why things are not going the way they should be going and we didn't know that we truly felt that you put your kids first that's what society tells you to do God says otherwise So when you start acting as the way God wants you to act in your home, everything starts coming together for the better. And guess what else? The children start doing their chores without without you asking them or yelling at them. The children start picking up their room without you telling them this place is a pigsty. Pick it up. The, ch- the children start waking up er- um, early without even needing an alarm clock rather than staying in bed. Do you understand what I'm saying here? It is a domino effect of God's will. When you do it from the top all the way down, it just comes together. But when you are out of whack, when your household is out of whack, then you are out of design. No wonder things aren't working correctly. You take one spark plug out of an engine and you're going to have some issues with your truck or your car. Amen? Ooh, I never heard that one before. CQ says, happy spouse, happy house. (laughs) I never heard that one before. I've always heard happy wife, happy life. I've never heard happy spouse, happy house. I love that. Thank you. I'm going to say it all the time now. Now, some people say this. What if you are married to somebody who's not a believer? That's a hard one. I don't have an answer for that other than to keep praying for them. And if they continue to say, I'm not going to believe no matter what, at what point do you say that I cannot spend the rest of my life with you? I don't know. That's not for me to say because I don't know your relationship with your spouse. I know what I would do in that situation. I know that if I lived with a spouse who was not a believer and was not going to be a believer and I spent years praying and trying to get her to be a believer and she continued to say no well then I would not be married to that person anymore that's just me personally I could not do that 
Now, I'm not telling you not to do it to you. I don't want a bunch of people running out and getting divorced. Jeremy, you are describing instructions for Christian households outlined in Scripture. Ephesians 5, 21, 33. Amen. You can also find this stuff in Proverbs as well. My husband and I were married to non-believers. Those marriages didn't last. And if they do last, they don't last in harmony. Because you're not one. You have to be one in the flesh. You have to be. And if you're not, I would say, personally, in my opinion, then you are in a dead marriage. The marriage is already dead. But that's just me. I, I'm not going to... Please do not go to your wife or your husband today and say, Jeremy says we should get a divorce. <laughs> Tina says, my husband was not a believer from the start. I prayed and prayed and did not give up. My husband walks with God now. And there you go. That's why I said, at what point do you say enough is enough? I don't know. Everybody's different. Everybody's different. I mean, I say the first route is do everything you can to try to get them to become, to come to Jesus, right? Bring Jesus to them. Do whatever you can. Again, I'm not saying what you should or shouldn't do. I'm saying what I would do. And I would say this. Hold on, somebody's referencing The Office, and that's one of my favorite shows. The best marriage analogy I've ever seen is on The Office, where Michael and Jim were co-managers, one over the big picture things and one over the day-to-day operations. You hear that, Eli? Everybody's got a role. Everybody's got a role. Jim was not the assistant to the general, (laughs) to the manager. He was co-manager. So... Reconcile your marriage. God hates divorce. There you go. There you go. There you go. Because you're not supposed to get divorced either. So it's very, I, I, that's why I said, I don't want to be your, uh, I don't want to be your psychiatrist or, or your, your guidance counselor when it comes to that. All I know is that a marriage that is not, does not have God at the center of it is not a marriage of one in the flesh. I do know that. So you must do whatever you can. You must do whatever you can. That's why you don't marry unequally yoked. That's a good point too. But what happens if you marry both and you're unbelievers and then one becomes a believer? Here's a good movie for you to watch, A Case for Christ. You really want to see a good movie that actually depicts this very, very well? Watch the movie A Case for Christ. If you have Pure Flix, you can watch it there. If you don't have Pure Flix, you should have it. Okay? If you don't have pure flicks, you should have it. Because in that movie, A Case for Christ, Lee Strobel actually is a non... He's not only a non-believer, he sets out to prove it wrong so his wife will come back to being an atheist. And he ends up proving God right while trying to prove him wrong. Truly one of the most wonderful movies you will ever see in your entire life. One of the most wonderful movies you will ever see in your entire life. So Bad Moon says he has 10 minutes before he has to take the kids to school. I think this is a good time to play this video. So let's, uh, let me pull this up for you guys. What you're going to see in this video. Uh, let's see. That's probably. Okay. What you're going to see in this video is this Jewish, uh, Orthodox Jewish man uh, become a Christian. But how he becomes a Christian is a very, very amazing story. It's amazing testimony. Um... And I, I saw this this morning while I was having coffee, and I was like, this is incredible. This is absolutely incredible. Uh, here we go. Roll the clip. Born here in Israel, because my mother was Moroccan and my dad was Scottish, we ended up moving to England. That's where my mom wanted us to really focus in on what it meant to be Jewish. For her, meant loving the state of Israel. It meant celebrating the Sabbath from time to time. Traditional Judaism. As I got older, I began to question whether that traditional Judaism actually made sense to go off and find books for myself. Now, most people have asked me, okay, so why didn't you just go straight to the Bible, you know, to the Tanakh, yeah. to the Old Testament? And the reality is that I've kind of seen so much. My mom and dad made us watch so much. And at Passover, she made us watch the Ten Commandments, that yeah. old three and a half hour movie. And because I'd watched that, I thought to myself, well, why read the book if I've already seen the movie? Forget that. <laughs> I'm going to go and focus in on other stuff. So I went and got myself a copy of the Quran, and I got, got myself a copy of the Bhagavad Gita which is part of Hindu writings, Mm -hmm. and I began to read through those two books. I'm about 18 years old at this point, and I've been reading through these two books, and I still haven't found out who God is. And so I decided, at 18 years old, I was actually sitting in my bedroom with the Quran, 
and the thought I had this thought I was like well if God's real I don't need to read through all these books because if he's real he should be able to just you know show up so there in my room I took the Quran I put it down next to me and I said God if you're real show up I was expecting nothing to happen at all yeah but at the end of my bed appears to me the face the face of Jesus so I see this face and inside myself I think oh my goodness that's Jesus I start freaking out I think this couldn't possibly be wait wait you're, you weren't looking for him no 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 you weren't being told about him no that you could maybe see him nope but you knew it was him I knew it was him and I was just like how can this possibly be true wow how can this be real and I'll admit that at the time I may have been you know involved with certain substances like it's the drugs it's something it couldn't possibly be real so I decided that it's all rubbish I've just hallucinated something yeah. it, and so I put it away and I decided to never tell anyone about it now I leave England at that point after I make when I finish high school and I move to Israel so I go to learn modern Hebrew um, and there in my classroom is the most beautiful girl Adele my wife I met her at my Hebrew class. As we were falling in love, we start talking about God as well, because she comes from a family that was very new age talking. And eventually we get to the point where we realize all we do is talk. Okay. But we never actually change anything. Let's do something with our faith in God. And being Jewish and living here in Israel, we decide let's try Judaism. We kind of have to discover it as we go. So I'm Shabbat, we try kosher, we try festivals, and then I realized you don't go to synagogue once a week, you go to synagogue three times a day. So I start going to synagogue, and eventually we become religious, so religious that living in the beautiful city of Tel Aviv becomes a little too much for us, yeah. and we move to Jerusalem. That's when I end up going to the army. In the army, I serve in the head rabbinical court. So, like the chaplains in America yeah. or in other places, Israel has rabbis, and so we have a rabbinical court go home one day and Adele has invited this lady, her name is Judy, to come around for tea. So I'm sitting there with Judy. She tells us something that I didn't expect her to say. She says, well, Adele, have you ever read the Tanakh for yourselves? Now, we're also going to Jews. Okay. I've never had somebody ask me if I've read the Bible. And in fact, a lot of people who aren't Jewish probably look at us and think to ourselves, think to themselves, well, of course they read the Bible, they're also going to Jews. But the reality is we've never had. We've never just sat down and read through the Bible for ourselves. So we took on the challenge and decided to have a race. Right? Who's gonna read through the Bible first? Start racing through. And first thing we discover is there's a difference between the Judaism that we were using and, and the, Jude the Judaism that we were living and the Jewishness of the actual Bible. It just seems that we start to read through um, more and more and more. And eventually I get to, drum roll, Isaiah 53. Now, for me, that chapter was just sort of like, it was just annoying. Like I'd read through a lot of stuff. Yeah. I'd read through a lot of Isaiah, didn't understand anything, but that chapter bothered me. So I went off to Judy to get an explanation. Now Judy is actually a Jewish believer in Jesus, but had never told me a You didn't know it? No. Wow. So I go to her house and I ask her, what's Isaiah 53? And she's been praying that God would tell her when to tell us about Jesus. So. <laughs> he told you instead of her. Right. Directly. So I knock on that door and say, explain Isaiah 53. And for her, it's the sign she's been waiting for. So she brings me in, sits me down, and starts to tell me about Jesus. Now I'm sitting there going, I vain, you know, I can't possibly believe this. Yeah. Because while my connection to Judaism has changed, uh, my connection to my identity hasn't. Right. And Jesus and Jewish, no. Right. But as she's speaking, I realize, oh, I ask myself, why am I saying no? Because I've read through the Quran, I've read through the Gita, I've lived an Orthodox life, I've lived a secular life. Like, why am I saying no specifically to this? So there in that room, a little frustrated and fighting with myself, I turned to God and I said, okay, I'm sick and tired of this. Just show me the truth. And the moment that I prayed that prayer, I had that same picture of the face of Jesus in the form as it had when I was 18. Wow. And I knew that I knew that I knew that Jesus was real. I now need to go and tell my beautiful wife yeah. that he's the Messiah. I walk into the house and this was my plan. I burst into the bedroom where Adele was sitting reading and I said, sweetheart, something terrible has happened. Jesus is the Messiah. She looks up to me and I think she's going to scream, shout, something. She looks up to me and she goes, oh, okay. And I was like, what do you mean okay? Like I wanted like a reaction, something. 
But she was just like, look, calm down. We'll get a book. And I'm, I, I wanted to have this whole conversation with her. She didn't want to like get into it. So I decided, okay, I'm going to go get a book. She starts reading. So about a week later, I come home from the base, and there is Adele sitting in our living room, having just finished the book of Matthew. And she has tears in her eyes. So I go in and I say, sweetheart, what's wrong? Why are you crying, right? She's tears. And she looks up to me and says something that I'll never forget. She said, he was such a good man. Why has no one ever told us this story before? She realized that there we were in Jerusalem, where Jesus walked and talked and lived and died and rose. We lived there and no one had heard the story. At that moment, I kind of freaked out and I realized I've got to tell people. That's right. Because, and this is the key, it's not a, it's not a philosophy. Yeah. It's not just a cool thing to be part of. Jesus is actually real and that actually makes a difference to everything. I was born here in wow. Israel because wow. my mother... Wow. Wow, wow. Teffy says, growing up Jew Jewish and now being a recent Christian convert, I love this so much. The Jewish, peop the Jewish faith tries everything they can to keep you away from Jesus. Like he said, why has no one ever told us how great Jesus was? Well, why do you think? Now you know. The world and Satan wants everyone to believe that Jesus is bad. Even Jews. This guy, much like me, had no desire to know Jesus. He had no desire to know Jesus, and neither did I. But I'll take you back to the story. And yes, he is now a completed Jew. Amen. I will take you back to the story of when Judas and the Roman guards came to seize Jesus. And, G and they walked up to Jesus, and they said, We seek Jesus of Nazareth. And there was many of them. And what did he say? I am he. And then it says those men fell back many feet to the ground like they were pushed by an invisible force. They didn't just fall down. They fell down and way back like they were pushed back by Jesus's power. We seek Jesus of Nazareth. I am he. Whoosh. Now, the reason why I tell you that is it doesn't matter if you fight a relationship with Jesus or not. If he wants a relationship with you, he's going to get it. If he needs you to fulfill your heavenly responsibilities here on earth, then you aren't going to have a choice. You will bend that knee and you will bow. Even Satan himself has to bend the knee and bow to Jesus because he can't help it. The power is too immense. It is too large for any mere mortal or any angel to handle. If God has a plan for you, you can bet Jesus is going to make you bend that knee. And when you do, you won't feel like you were forced down you will accept it and you will want to stay on your bended knee. Amazing. Now, Tina in here says that she feels like her experiences could save and help so many. It's time. Ray said that she's been praying and looking for a job. I may have an opportunity for Ray where she can make a little bit of extra money. This is God's podcast, meaning that so many people that need and are seeking for answers and that are seeking God, they find it here. God answers you here during this hour of this show every single day. All you have to do is come as you are. That's it. Just like we started off the show today with that song by Crowder. Come as you are. That's it. And then give everything over 
to him and finally drop to your knee from the exhaustion of everything you went to and be reborn. It will be the single greatest thing that you will ever accomplish on this earth. Look where your Facebook page brought all of us, Jeremy. I know. And that was the darkest place on earth. And now I don't have it because I was transformed to a new person. I couldn't keep the old things. I don't have Facebook. I don't have YouTube. I don't have all these places I was banned from. I'll never forget when my mama met the first Jew she had ever met who had become a Christian and knew Jesus. She was so excited that she always wanted to meet a converted Jew. It is so awesome. It is. It is. Jeremy, what do you say to people who say the Bible is just written by man, even when they tell them that it's the word on God, word of God written by men? I would say this. Who else is going to write it? A giraffe? A monkey? A bird? A dog? Are they going to write it? Who's going to write it? God wrote something once on stone tablets. It was called the Ten Commandments. That was God writing things. God inspired men to write it on physical pages so that we humans could have it forever and read it forever. Same reason he decided to come down as a human so that we could actually understand the word of God for the very first time as humans because he had to be a human for us to understand it. God had to have humans write it so that we could understand it. Again, giraffes cannot write. So I would give them back a very simplistic answer to a very simplistic question. Sometimes it's the only way. Now, they'll say that you're mocking them, but you are literally answering a stupid question with a stupid answer. Sometimes that's all the answer you need to give. It was written by man. All right, hold on. Let me get this donkey. Ah, come here and write this, will you, bud? I know you don't have opposable thumbs and you have a, a hoof, but uh, you got this. Unbelievable. But you know what? It's not unbelievable. It's just that people are just ignorant. And that's okay because they've been born and brainwashed to believe in everything that the world wants them believe, to believe. Now I'm wondering if someone has the Ark of the Covenant with the Ten Commandments. Of course you do. It's right in here. This is a new covenant. You don't need the Ark anymore. And you don't need the stone tablets. Because God writes the Ten Commandments on your heart, which, which brings me to the verse of the day. Let's get to it now. Verse of the day today, I titled, Con means with, science means knowledge. You're going to be ready for this. I'm going to read the whole thing to you because we have the time to do it. And then I'll read it again at 11 o'clock, okay? You were born with knowledge. How is this possible if there's no God? Well, verse of the day today, or verses of the day today, are this. Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. You've got your Bible, Proverbs 1, 1 through 7. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. Not the kind of equity we push today. To give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom, and fools despise instruction. You are born with knowledge that we call a conscience. What is a conscience? Well, if we go back to the Greek text, con means with, as well as it does in Spanish as well. Con means with, and science means knowledge. So you were born with knowledge because you were born with a conscience. How could you be born as a helpless baby and automatically have knowledge? Isn't knowledge something that you get by studying? 
In our world, yes, that is the case. However, you were born with built-in knowledge. Like a phone comes with preloaded apps. You came preloaded with the knowledge of God that God calls your conscience. You have it before you're even born. And that knowledge is the Ten Commandments. It's not only written in stone by God, but it's also written on every single person's heart. You instinctively know that it is wrong to murder and steal. You don't need man to teach you that. That proves that God exists. It also says that the wisdom that we gain from life should be passed down to our youth. The right ways and wrong ways of this earth. We are also to have discretion when teaching our youth as well. What to teach them, when to tell them. It's because they don't have the capacity to rationalize everything until they are adults. That is why this trans agenda is so incredibly bad and evil, because it targets the children who do not know any better. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, so we would be wise to make sure that Jesus is at the center of our kids' education so that everything that comes their way can be handled with Jesus and how he would have acted in that situation. If you teach them about Jesus, then their decision-making will always be infinitely better than without Jesus in their lives. Fools despise wisdom and instruction from the Lord, so we are to pray for them. Like the, like the spouse that doesn't believe in God. They are a fool. They despise wisdom and they despise instruction from God. We pray for them. We plant seeds in them and we move on. On to spreading the gospel and the good news, not gossip to the rest of the world. And for that, we pray to Jesus and say thank you. You are born with knowledge. You are born with the Ten Commandments written on your heart. You don't need to physically see the Ark of the Covenant, although it would be cool. And you don't need to see physically the Ten Commandments written in stone, although it would be super cool. Just like you don't need to see faith. And you don't need to see grace. And you don't need to see mercy. And you don't need to see Jesus. Because you can see all of that with your heart. Remember, ladies and gentlemen, your heart has eyes and ears. And it also can think just like your brain. That's where the Holy Spirit resides. And we'll end it on that. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to take you out the same way I brought you in with a little music from Crowder, Come As You Are. I love each and every one of you. Sean Farish is coming up next with Ungoverned. It's a great show. I think you should give it a chance if you have not yet. Please also check out all the short clips that we posted last night and this morning between the daily shows. Check them out. Give them a rumble. I'd really appreciate it. We're trying to boost up our ratings. Thank you for the 1,400 people that are watching here today. God bless you. Have a great morning. God is with you. This is God's podcast. Be a little light and let it shine. Crowder, come as you are. God bless you guys. Peace out. Come find your mercy, oh sinner, come kneel. Earth has no sorrow that heaven can't heal. So lay down your burden.